0: Joe Ferber. That's right.
1: I'm the literature officer for Swansea Council, so I run the literature program, the Dylan Thomas Festival, and I curate the Dylan Thomas exhibition, amongst other things.
0: So why should someone come here to Swansea and Wales if they love books and literature? What's here?
1: Well, first of all, there's obviously all the Dylan Thomas, the Dylan Thomas Trail that you can follow. So you can start off at the Dylan Thomas Centre, look around our exhibition, find out about the man and his work and then that will take you off on a trail across Wales for all the places he lived and the writing associated with those places because he wrote a lot about Wales, about right. people, about place.
0: And you've got, have you got it all mapped out for us or how does that work? We,
1: we have Ford Dylan Thomas trail booklets so you can guide yourself around with his words and our maps. <laughs> so. You can just start here and you can head all the way up to Aberystwyth and all the way down to the southwest corner of Wales and Dylan's work will accompany you all the way.
0: And what's the best sort of entrance point do you think in his work, like where where would someone who wants to get to know him before they go on the trip, what should they read?
1: I would say some of the stories in Portrait of the Artist as a Young Dog because those are about growing up in Swansea and about holidays to West Wales. So that's a fantastic introduction to Dylan's time mm-hmm. and to growing up in Wales. And then of course there are poems about these places. A poem like Over Sir John's Hill or Poem in October are both very definitely set in Glam and you can actually follow the birthday walk in Poem in October you can follow in Dylan's footsteps as you read the poem. And the so fact
0: there's someone that's that's running that right? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's an actual trail there. So yeah. it, it's possible to I was gonna say following his footsteps again, yeah. but I've already said that once. But you know what yeah. I mean. You it's, can you can take the same walks, right, look at the same right. views as Dylan did. Yeah, there's just so much to explore, and of course there's the legacy of Dylan Thomas in Wales today because we've still got a very thriving literature scene here.
0: You do, but but it's interesting. A lot of people in Swansea don't really, you know. It's more North America seems to be more excited about him? Like, is this how much of this is fabricated? Like, you know, how much of how much of this is is done for the benefit of tourism?
1: I think now, sixty years after Dylan Thomas's death, it's clear what a significant poet he was and Wales is very proud of that. At the time, people in some ways perhaps took him for granted because he was from Wales and people knew him, people were used to him, yeah. people were familiar.
0: And they, they maybe didn't realise what they had. Yes, well. yeah, sometimes okay. it
1: takes people like yourself coming over from North America and saying, we all talk about Dylan Thomas, we want to know more about him, to make us think, wow. And I mean, here at the Centre, it's different for us because we are, a, as well as serving the local community, we are a tourist attraction as well. And our visitors book in the exhibition, well, that last few visits, his books have been signed by people from a total of 70 different countries. So we're certainly aware of his appeal. And of course, in our own collection, we've got different translations of his work into various languages.
0: Yeah, um, what kind of collection do you have here?
1: And we've got the largest collection of Dylan Thomas memorabilia in the world of its kind. So it ranges from Dylan's worksheets through to the suit he was wearing in his final days in New York, through to the writing shed doors, the original doors to his writing shed in Larn. So what about the first
0: editions? Do you have all of these first editions? We do. Yeah, Signs. some of them are
1: signed as okay. well. So.
0: And whereabouts are those? I drink the uh, yeah, love one. Thanks. One of those uh, uh, magnets would be great.
1: Thanks.
0: <laughs> so so there's, a, there's a special collection here then, would you
1: say? Yes, yeah, very much so. Not only can you view it in the exhibition, but you can also view it online at our website, dillantomas.com, where most of it's been digitized, and there's information that you can search about each object to discover more, because we, we do appreciate that. However many, peop- well, many people want to come here, but not yeah. all are going to be able to.
0: We can hold the books? Some of them. Some of them we can hold, okay.
1: First editions, slightly lesser, a few conservation issues. <laughs> right.
0: okay. And so, how have you how have you gone about getting this, uh, this collection?
1: Items just appear sometimes. People get in touch with us and donate things because right. they feel that this is the most appropriate home for them. Yeah. So the bulk of the collection was purchased back in 2000 when we were lucky enough to have some European money to help us do so. But we've been gradually building it up as well through donations from kind people who want their work to be available for the public to view here at the centre. So it's very exciting.
0: (laughs) Are researchers frequent visitors? Yeah, yeah,
1: and I deal with huge numbers of inquiries by email from researchers of every level, from schoolchildren through to uh, hardened academics. So we we, we are seen as the place to send your inquiry to. It's always good fun. That's partly why I always find that there's so much more to learn about Dylan Thomas, even though I've been here for 14 years. There's always new information to find out.
0: What's the most exciting piece of information you've learned in the last couple of years now?
1: Oh, the last couple of years? Well, there's been loads. Um, I suppose in the last couple of weeks it was uh, that Dylan Thomas met Shelley Winters and Charlie Chaplin on the same night and that Charlie Chaplin actually sent Caitlin a telegram back in Larn explaining that he'd spent the evening in Dylan Thomas's company because Dylan didn't think that Caitlin would believe him when he went home and said I've been having dinner with Charlie Chaplin tonight so Chaplin actually sent a telegraph to her saying <laughs> they were together and I just think that's fantastic
0: Do we have any idea where that might be? But that, that might be another part of the, you know, the detective
1: I think so, yeah
0: Story, right? yeah, in the
1: same way that we're looking for moving footage of Dylan Thomas.
0: You don't have any? No, right now?
1: he he made a couple of appearances on the BBC, but unfortunately those films were recorded over, as happened at the time. But we do think, I mean, those American lecture tours, well, North American lecture tours, he made um, four lecture tours in three years. He visited over 60 different institutions. He was incredibly hard working on those tours, and someone master-filmed him somewhere. Yeah. So we just hope that maybe, you know, with the greater up. awareness of Dylan Thomas, people may look at things differently.
0: And you're helping to do that, right? helping yeah. people yeah. to do that, to, to be involved in a detective story,
1: Yeah, right? and Dylan loved detective stories, and uh, apparently he used to enjoy lying in the bath reading them, whilst eating sweets that he had lined up around the edge of his bathtub,
0: <laughs> according to his daughter. <laughs> Well, they say that he's kind of a perennial or he never really left adolescence, would you say that's correct? Or? I think
1: stories like that were a great escape, Yeah. and they are for all of us, aren't they? You know, we, we, we do turn to things like that to escape from some of the responsibilities of daily life. And so what better way to relax? If you are someone like Dylan Thomas working on your writing so hard, yeah. you'd want something completely different to read in the evening when you were relaxing.
0: But you, it's yeah. almost a surprise that he would even turn to reading, you know, because he's been writing all yeah, day yeah. long. But I mean, yeah. he, he went to the pub. He was was he pretty sociable? Like it's very you know, sociable.
1: I yeah, he, he's yeah. A bit very a like that way, that, right? Like he yeah. went to
0: almost every pub you can imagine in the region. And that's They're that's right. where
1: people socialised at the time as well. And yeah. you know, yeah. Thinking about the context as well, that's that's where people would meet and chat and. He used to take his father when his father was blind in his last month still and would go to the pub with him and they'd sit and do the crossword together. It was a a place for all kinds of meetings.
0: There was a lot of tension apparently between father and son, some jealousies. But yet on the other hand, his father read Shakespeare to him when he was seven or eight years old. His father
1: was an enormous influence and a very supportive one. I mean, I don't know that the tensions are any more than those experienced by other people.
0: And you know, I've um, spoken to people who say you yeah. know, that there was there was a, a real gap, and it was the mother, his mother, very sort of coddling. and. This. She
1: was, but again, I think that's very typical of the 1920s. The yeah. mother would be more involved what? in his upbringing, but his father encouraged him to read. As you said, there's stories that his father read Shakespeare to him when he was tiny. Mm. But he writes himself about how he fell in love with words and was at the mercy of words right from the beginning. And Julian mm. was talking about nursery rhymes tonight. Dylan loved nursery rhymes, and he was read them frequently. But his father gave him free run of his study. That's he right, said he Books around, yeah, right? and yeah. as Dylan grew up, he had his books on one side of the fireplace, and his father's books were on the other side, yeah. that's really significant, you and you know, Dylan's mother, there were re- uh, recordings were made of her talking about her son before she died, and she was saying about how when, even as a small child, Dylan was trying to write poems, he'd sit and show them to his father, and his father would discuss them with him, yes. and suggest maybe you could think of this word. At or a very this sort of doesn't... high level, yes.
0: right? He, he didn't talk down to his son, no, did he? No, not at all.
1: Dylan, partly as a result of that, I think, was never afraid of showing his work to people and looking to improve it. He had a very creative relationship with Vernon Watkins, another Swansea poet, where they would exchange their early drafts of poems and discuss ways of improving their work.
0: And his... he critiqued a girlfriend's work, too. Pamela
1: Hansford-Johnson, yeah, his first girlfriend. And,
0: and very directly and... Yeah. Incredibly
1: directly at times. Yeah. Uh, I think he said words to the effect that when she's good she's very very good and when she's bad she was terrible
0: that's what he wrote to her pretty
1: much yeah yeah. yeah words to yeah. that effect and some very harsh criticisms but he also
0: but he was uh, doing it to, to make her, her, her better way, right yes yeah,
1: yeah. and equally well she sent back some of his poems and said these are too dark and they're too gothic and he said I write about worms and corruption because I like worms and corruption <laughs> which is quite an interesting way of trying to impress a girl as well but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but he was always someone who was very interested in Collaboration, as well as we can see in his last years when
0: but he collaborated he with Richard gonna, Burton.
1: Yes, yeah, right? yeah, well, uh, on,
0: on radio, is that right?
1: It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was of course going to write the opera with Stravinsky. He he met Stravinsky just, in 1953.
0: It's just so extraordinary, you know. This this individual, so young and so connected. Yeah. With the world of literature and and yeah.
1: theatre and, 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 yeah. and
0: radio, and, yeah. How would you How did he get so connected so quickly? You know, coming from nowhere, he didn't. He didn't have anyone to open the doors for him.
1: No, he no, he didn't. his work. He left school at sixteen. Yeah. But his first collection came out when he was only twenty, and he moved to London at that point. And, and it
0: must have. It must have been phenomenal. Yeah. Was it?
1: I, I think so. And. He was such a great letter writer as well. He was very good at keeping in touch with people too. Meeting one person would lead to meeting another person. He was at the International Surrealist Conference in 1936 when he was 21. Shared a stage with Paul Elouard. He listened to Dali speak in a diving outfit, a diving costume, and Mm -hmm. nearly suffocate. He was good friends with the British Surrealist poet Roland Penrose. But he must have
0: been a pretty, pretty interesting person, people wanted to hang out with him, yeah. or to be around him. He must have been a great conversationalist, too. I think he was...
1: A fascinating conversationalist, yeah. and people who knew him talk about uh, how entertaining he was in the pub, that yeah. he would just entertain the whole room, I think because he had a great sense of humor and a great sense of fun as well, that also make him very good company.
0: And yet he's got this reputation of being, uh, you know, a, a more than that, like a kind of a drunk and, and disorderly and characteristics that... And you th- might be ashamed of. That so was all part of
1: his life as well. Yeah. I mean, he's not someone that we can see him in black and white, no, you know, no. or as, as an angel or a demon. Yeah. He was a very complex human being. Yeah. And he had all these different sides to him. And of course, all the myths have grown up since his death because there's a lot of stuff which becomes headline grabbing when it's told and retold many times. Well, and yet
0: yeah, other people. Telling his life yeah, story yeah. and rewriting history.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. But he, he was just such an interesting character, but the main thing was that he was a wonderful writer. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about him now. No. You and I wouldn't be sat here in the Dylan Thomas Centre talking about this man okay. if he hadn't produced such extraordinary work. And in so many different forms as well. Poetry, yeah. prose, radio plays, radio broadcasts, film scripts, the unfinished novel. and. That thousand-page worth of letters that have been collected. So, so
0: just finally, then, uh, if we can recap, someone who, who's interested in Thomas, who loves his work or is fascinated by the man, how can they how can they kind of extend that relationship with him by coming to Wales? Like give us the the five
1: the key places, places
0: so. or things to do. Yeah.
1: Know? Well, start off in the Dylan Thomas Centre. I know I'm going to say that, but you know this is the hub and this is the start of the Dylan Thomas Trail.
0: You've got a great exhibition, and you've also got the books and and, the... yeah, we've got the memorabilia. Okay. so
1: there are plenty of reasons to come here because we've always got interesting things and changing displays for people and so we're also here, delighted to talk to people about them as well
0: so it's a good so place to start off this to is get where you start crown, yeah. then
1: go to Kondonkin Park that was such an important yeah. place for him for his inspiration have a free run of the park he first went there when he was a couple of days old and he went there as much as he could ever since any poems that are directly
0: connected to it? Yes, The
1: Hunchback in the Park, written about the park, and the broadcast reminiscences of childhood, and Return Journey also reference the park, as to some of the short stories. You can see those places, yeah, and you've got lovely views of the bay
0: okay. from there as well. So we're still in Swansea? So we're still in Swansea. Yeah.
1: Then you definitely have to go to Laan. Lan, he spent two periods of time living in Lan when he was first married, and then those four years at the end of his life.
0: In the boathouse? In the right? boathouse, yeah. th- that
1: last time, yeah. Uh, you can see his writing shed, and you can see his home, the boathouse.
0: Beautifully situated too. It's it? wonderful, on the yeah. nestry. He
1: yeah. called the boathouse his house on stilts, okay. because when the tide came in, it used to go underneath the house. And he talks in a broadcast about Lan being able to call most of the locals and some of the herons by their Christian names. Okay. Uh, this is his Heron Priesthood Shore plan. In yes. poem of October, he talks about muscle in the Heron Priesthood Shore. That's Lan. So you can go and see that for yourself. Visit Brian's Hotel, where he used to go with his dad. Which is reopened friends.
0: now after many, many years after being closed. a short
1: time being closed. I was there a few years ago. Oh, okay. I was actually there the night Dylan's daughter, Ironwee, died because we were part of an event at the boathouse, and the she next morning we got the news that she'd died. She grew up in the boathouse, So it was very moving for us, especially being... She was a very good friend of the centre and of the festival, so hearing that news while we were in Laan was really quite moving. The next place to go would be Newquay in West Wales. OK. Dylan and Caitlin rented a bungalow there for a year in 1944 and so, 1945.
0: I just want to get that image of the Heron.
1: The muscle pools, and the Heron Priested Shore. The
0: Heron Priested Shore you think of a heron kind of think of a priest then yeah. is that what he was getting at there or was it, it just like it blessed almost priesthood
1: oh I think it's all this those meanings lots of good things yeah that's why it's such a resonant
0: it really is, phrase isn't it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And that, that's just one example of his it fantastic with way you. with words yeah, it really yeah. is sorry so, so number then... four is Newquay a little seaside town in West Wales he had a, a definite liking for seaside towns in Wales uh, they lived in Newquay for about a year Dylan spent some of the time in London because he was uh, working for the BBC and writing proper morale-boosting film scripts at that time as well for Strand Films.
0: Was he, he connected with Orwell at all? Orwell worked for BBC. Yeah, 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 they
1: encountered each other. Um, John Arlott, the cricket yes. commentator, he worked with him quite a bit. Louis McNeese, the Northern yes. Irish poet. Um, all kinds of amazing people. But uh, he nearly got shot one night in Newquay. Uh, retired army captain came back from fighting in the war. He was married to Dylan's friend Vera, a Swansea friend, who happened to live in the bungalow next door in Newquay. He came back suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. There was an incident and things got quite unpleasant and he turned up at Dylan's bungalow. Dylan, his wife, some friends and baby we were all in the bungalow. Turned up with a submachine gun started firing through the walls and threatening to let off a hand grenade. Dylan managed to disarm him. Soon after... Dylan left Newquay. He wrote to a friend saying that Caitlin and I sleep, now sleep under the bed. So that was one of the most dramatic incidents of his life. So you go to Newquay and we can the, see the cottage.
0: Can you see the machine gun holes? No, the, unfortunately they've okay. been repaired. Oh.
1: To, it's, it's a great
0: it's, line. Poverty is a great conservator. So obviously they had the money to, to fix it up. But anyway, okay.
1: And then the fifth place in Wales would be Aberystwyth because the National Library of Wales have got their own wonderful Dylan Thomas collection as well.
0: Great, that's fantastic. So
1: you can start in Swansea and uh, go all the way where and then up to Mid Wales. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for being such an enthusiastic champion of this uh, continuing detective story. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you.
0: I've been speaking with Joe Ferber of the Dylan Thomas Centre yes. in Swansea, Wales. Thanks again. Oh, thank you.
1: I always enjoy talking about Dylan Thomas. It's
0: I noticed amazing. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,